okay, is this going to be our trailer or are we doing a different trailer? <laughs> You're searching for coffee and I'm just sitting here. <laughs> right. Thanks, thanks for all of your assistance. You're doing great. No, really, you're doing great. Two men from across the world searching to explain the cultural divide between white people and brown people and failing regularly on a day-to-day -day basis. There's your trailer. Oh, yeah, that is exactly what I'm going to use. <laughs> Hey, Mr. Deepak. Since I got a villager from Austin, <laughs> I know you. I know you're the same person. It's just that you're in a new location. I had to point it out. <laughs> I'm in a different village. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Look, this is this is a fantastic city that was a sleeper town. You know, just a just a capital city in Texas, and now it's become this weird high tech hub. But the food's dynamite. Okay, so let me tell you the funniest thing. Cultural misappropriation. So mm -hmm. tell me something similar about most countries that's, that make the best hummus. What do they not eat in the countries that make the best hummus? Pork. Is that fair? Yeah. Usually? Oh, yeah. Right. For sure. So in, in Texas, I had pulled pork on top of hummus yesterday. Ah, uh, blasphemy. <laughs> <laughs> I know my brother-in-law would be having a fit. He'd be like, would you put that with that? You, you know nobody that eats hummus eats pork. <laughs> but, but phenomenal, phenomenal restaurant last night. And you know, do, you wouldn't do you guess know, it. Do you know how that might have come about? Somebody saw a cup of hummus and tasted it like in a barbecue place. And they were like, what the fuck is this? And they took a rib and <laughs> dipped it in there and went like, ah. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Well, and, and you know, my, my sister owns a hummus company and they make seven mm -hmm. different types. And, and this would just be a different type, like if you mixed barbecue sauce. The best one that I've ever eaten, and yes, if you're Arabic or Lebanese or from the Middle East, I know you're not supposed to do this to hummus. But they, um, they would do a combination of garbanzos and black beans with smoked jalapenos. And that is the best hummus I've ever eaten in my life. Oh, wow. That does Dynamite. sound Amazing. Yeah, shit. It was like a mix of barbecue and hummus. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going on in your world? What's going on in the other village this morning? In the other village, since it stopped raining, it's hot <laughs> as hell. <laughs> oh, God. Not as warm as there, though. Do you know it's like 87 right now? And I'm like... Well, that's only... That's four degrees less. That's, that's still pretty hot. <laughs> but... In my defense, we're at the we're in yeah. the tropics, so shut up. <laughs> right. So how long how long has it rained? What's it normal? It rained almost five days. This is not even part of the regular monsoon cycle. That's the weird oh, part. Wow. Like, oh, okay. oh, our monsoons come in. I think end of May, June. Like it'll Damn. rain for like two months straight, almost every day. God, that's it's pretty insane. much like what happens if you build a highly populous city in the middle of the fucking rainforest. <laughs> that's right. how much rain we get. <laughs> so when, when I was in the rainforest in Peru, it would rain every day at like 3.30 for an mm -hmm. hour, just torrential downpour and then just come out and it, was, it wasn't humid. It was sooty. Like it stuck to you. Mm -hmm. Stuck to you. But I did have some of the best food out in the jungle. 
we, we ate like river fish that tasted like pork loin. Oh, wow. I mean, it was dense. It was, yeah, but it was, it was delicious. Hmm. I have no idea why I went there, but what do you want to talk about today? <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually wanted to tell you about this um, okay. comedy joke writing thing that I was reading the other day. Right. Where it was some kid just complaining about how great, how everybody has told them that they are funny as hell and nobody lets them write jokes. And I was like, wow. That's a level of confidence I've never had. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I, I so, bombed for like five minutes on stage on Friday right. night. So everybody thinks they're funny until mm -hmm. you get on a stage doing stand-up. And then oh. you find out because you're in a friendly audience. They want to be entertained. It's free with your friends. When you mm. get on stage, I, you've done stage work. And let me, if you want to give your version of it right after this, and let's see if, if they're similar. Because the first time I went up to do stand-up, um, I, I get up there and you, you get on stage and all of a sudden there's a spotlight on you and you can see fibers. That's all I can see were fibers in the spotlight. And it smelled like beer and vomit, maybe a little bit of soup mixed in. And so the, the scent is overwhelming me and I'm looking out and then I look down, which is a terrible mistake to the front row. And there are two people there just like, man, make me laugh, MF, you make me laugh. And they purposely didn't want to engage or have fun. And they bought a ticket. How do you turn those people around? That's when you really have skill. So it isn't that people won't let you write jokes for them. You got to prove mm -hmm. the jokes are funny. Then they'll let you write jokes for them. <laughs> How was your first experience when you went up? Because mine was it, was, it was okay. I didn't feel terribly defeated when I went off, but I wasn't any good. And I was way, way, way more prepared the second time. Can I tell you, the first time, the one thing I knew that did happen was yeah. I just couldn't figure out the distance of the microphone. Oh, Lord, so yeah. You, they probably just heard me breathing in my... <laughs> while I'm having a mild panic attack on stage. <laughs> I don't think people understand how unnerved you are when they give you an introduction and you can hear the applause and then you've got like two people that keep clapping almost as an insult. Like, mm -hmm. oh, great, here he is. Come on, show me how you can do Earl. And, and so you get up there and, and I don't care what you do, memorize your first line and repeat it a thousand times. Because once you can deliver your first line and your first line's not a joke, it's a setup. Yeah. You can you can roll, but you just got to get the first line out. And I just, the second time I went up, I had a prepared five-minute script, and I went up and murdered it. But the first time, it was, it was something. But here's what I would say. Do it. You think mm -hmm. you're funny? Go do it. And like somebody like that, my son Kyle was like, hey, Dad, you know, I think I should do comedy. And I go, what makes you think that that's a good idea? And I, and I wasn't being mean. I'm just like, mm -hmm. God, before you, go, before you go up there and suffer that trauma, do it in front of some people. Take, some, take, take a Toastmasters class. Mm -hmm. They'll teach you to speak in front of people. 
And then maybe join an improv comedy group. You can make friends. All of you have the same things in common. And then you find out that all of these really original, talented people bombed when they went up to go do it. And I mean bombed. And the stories are just, they're killer. I'm pretty sure that most of my, I mean, the first time, yeah, all I could see was just a sea of pitch black because the room wasn't, mm -hmm. like once those lights hit you, I barely see it. <laughs> Plus I right. was wearing, I wasn't even wearing lenses. It was my glasses. So the glare, I couldn't even make oh, out whether they were smiling or not. Right. <laughs> and so, so how did, how did you breathe? Because you know, for, I, I'd done performances forever. So I knew how to do all the breathing and I would stretch my face out before I went up there and I did vocal, not necessarily warm-ups, but practices. So you don't get up there and you're like, hey, see here, And because, you know, when people say you choke when you go on stage, that's what they mean. They, you didn't clear your throat out. Simple yeah. um, glass of orange juice or a can of orange juice Bring it with you in your pocket. You don't have to pay $8 at the bar. Shoot the thing before you go out and that'll clean your throat out. <laughs> I think most of my like comfort came from either business school or even just regular business, but I, I, I'm used to presenting in front of people, but right. it's a different type of pressure when I'm trying to right. stand there and expect a laugh. Oh God, yeah. And if you, and you've got to, so if you give a pause and kind of, you know, because we all do a little quarter eyebrow raise, you're fishing, mm. fishing for humor. <laughs> now, when you, when you know you're good and you practiced a little bit and you've gotten up on stage and failed once or twice, mm. you can tell when the audience is rolling with you. And there is a level of laughter where you have to stop talking because the laughter won't stop but you don't want to wait till it's quiet. You want to see once it starts dropping down a little bit, jump back in because you want to feed it for everything it is. And you want to increase the, the frenzy for lack of a better word. But mm -hmm. until you've got people almost crying, that's when you can move up to the next stage. And, and so for those of you who've never done this before, you start off at three minutes or five minutes. And if you're mm -hmm. in a big city, you might not get on till midnight. Oh, yeah. And when you get on, the people in the audience are the other comedians. It's not, they're, all the normal people have left. It's either the comedians nothing... or it's the comedian's friends who are right. critiquing you <laughs> every time you say something. Right. <laughs> and my friend's so much better than him. My friend's so much better than him. And so I, I just found that uh, I loved the pressure. And so once you become a professional and you start getting paid for it, a competition in the green room, which is where everybody waits. It's never green. It's just called a green room. <laughs> Those people will try to screw you up so you go on stage and bomb because only one person wins each night. Mm -hmm. And it better and it better be you if you want to stay employed. Can I tell you the weird part? This uh, weekend, yeah. there was like one table that was laughing and spit up their drink, which was why I knew it was actually a funny bit. Right. But I, yeah, was, joking about, I was joking about something super cultural, Sean. So right. the city I'm, the state that I live in is, the city is Bangalore, the state is Karnataka. So we speak a right. language called Kannada. Okay. And people in Northern India, a lot of them would speak Hindi. There right. was a news article, I've been working, by the way, this is the third time I reworked this material. 
because the first two times I just ended up offending people. Uh, I kind no of cleaned way. it up because I was, <laughs> you know me. No. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm, I'm like the US Iraq strategy shock and all. That's awesome. <laughs> so, okay, so I reworked it. There was a news article mm -hmm. where this lady was probably from the northern part of India talking to a right. rickshaw driver who's from here. And he was angry because she asked him to speak in Hindi because she didn't understand Kannada. So he was right. all up in arms about it. Like, how the hell can these outsiders come right. here? And uh, can you believe that? I'm like, sorry, where the <laughs> fuck is she from? <laughs> like, that part of our own country? <laughs> right. It's your own country, my friend. That's awesome. And that's a good, that's a good, that's a good lead in. Okay, so okay. the setup for the joke was that news story. And what I was equating it to was the food. So mm -hmm. all our butter chicken and tandoori chicken, all of that come from North India. Right. And my take on it was that this rickshaw driver, his favorite food was tandoori chicken and roti. And he had a nice right. box packed from a hotel sitting on his dashboard. And she, she just was in a hurry to get from somewhere to somewhere because she's an outsider. So she was just carrying right. like fast food that she found in South India, which would be like those steamed uh, rice cakes and those little dosa things that I used to make you eat. Right. I'm in. Yeah. So my joke was she learned one sentence of Canada and she said, okay, I will speak to you in Canada, but give me that. Here's your vegetarian shit. Fucking take that and go home. <laughs> I'm taking your you know tandoori what? chicken and roti. <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty valid deal. Do you ever hear the... Uh... Anthony Bourdain talk on, you know, when people, when people don't like immigrants and you go, then you don't get to eat their food. Hell yeah. <laughs> if you don't like Mexicans, you don't get to go to a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> yeah. And I thought that was the most authentic talk I've ever heard somebody do. Um, but so you did, so you did cultural stuff. So, you know, if you and I go to France, mm -hmm. as long as we try to speak French, we don't have to speak it, but we have to try. But what happens, you, you, know, you get a lot of Americans who are like, no, you got to speak English. Man, the French will treat you like dogs. <laughs> and rightfully so. But you guys are all in the same country, you know, which is, mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know how you do that, but with, with so many people, but, you know, in the southern six states in the United States, you got to speak Spanish anymore. And mm -hmm. I don't think people really know that, but you really do. You got to speak Spanish. Sometimes, not all the times. And it's yeah. probably the same thing like that, where you got to speak a specific dialect. You mm -hmm. still know the nice the niceties of that dialect, but then pulling your good food back that you know after he's been an ass. <laughs> that's solid. That is solid. Yeah, yeah I think the people from here were just irritated with me. And the guys right. who spoke Hindi and didn't speak much Canada were the ones who were laughing and spitting up their right. ears. <laughs> So let me ask you this. How many minutes did you do? I did about six minutes. That's it. I okay. could do. Yeah. Hey, that's dynamite. But the big thing is, is you found a joke that hit. So that needs to be your first joke, right? Next time mm -hmm. you go up and then you got to figure out what your next one is. People don't really understand. There is a science to joke telling. So whatever the story is that I tell, I take about 30 or 40 seconds to, to tell a story. And then you just take a left or a right turn, meaning you say the worst possible thing anybody could say at the end of that. And that's what makes it funny. 
I mean, even mm-hmm. if you're talking about um, lollipops, you know, a little candy, you know, you give your 45 second setup on like, you know, when I was like, kid, we love this and this and this and this until I was in a strip bar and I saw somebody pull one out of a, you know, however they, they did it. But, you know, I'd obviously be much more graphic here than you would allow to be over there. Oh, yeah. But one, and everyone's just so shocked that you said it. They uncomfortably laugh. And then it may take them a minute to process and go, God almighty, that probably happened. And then comes the belly laugh. But there's a, there's a science, an absolute science into writing jokes. So when, when you're in there with two comedians that literally are like, and no one will let me write jokes for them. And you go, okay, show me your setup. What's the punchline? Because everything is set up punchline. Now, I can mm-hmm. tell a long story and keep you laughing through the story, but it's a series of setups and punchlines. But it's the same story. Comedy's hard, man. Comedy is hard. Dude, the guy you know, who came on stage after me, his opening yeah. line was, give it up for that wannabe American. And I was like, dude, this is not even a fucking American accent, you dumb cunt, is what it's I like, thought in my head. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, hey, okay, let me just shut the fuck up and get out of here. Before the mob of unhappy people. I know. I was like, dude, yeah. come on. <laughs> I was literally you opening almost, for you. <laughs> for people to be that rude, you would almost have to be in London. Wow. Oh. You know I find it hilarious. So when I first moved to Oklahoma and I have a you have a very BBC English, I have a very American news English. When I moved mm-hmm. to Oklahoma, people would go, Are you from Boston? And I go, Do you know anybody ever from Boston? Because they talk about me apartment. And I go, I've never spoken like that in my entire life. But, you know, I think there's like an ex- entire SNL sketch where Seth Meyers yeah. plays different characters from Boston <laughs> with the hockey with the hockey shirt. Yeah, yeah. And the girlfriend like, keep making it. Of course, it's yeah. like a trailer for accents from Boston. And there's this. Of course, there's a guy you know who uses the word "bro" too much. And there's, there's this guy going like, "Bro, you know, bro, you need to come here, yeah. bro." Do you know Shit, that's awesome. Indian now use the word bro more than I've ever heard it anywhere else? No. They just, you need to charge them money every time you hear that. So they will no, stop. It's even with our uh, local languages. Like the other day, some wow. guy in Hindi stop, started a sentence and looked at me and went, bro, ye pata hai. Oh, no. Like, do you know this? And I was like, oh, God. I was like, why are you saying bro? Knock it off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's oh, cool. that's brutal. Well, you, you know, I think the, the, the funny thing out of that is you, you just sit there and go, by the time it moves to another country like yours, you go, hopefully people here have stopped saying it. We had, mm-hmm. we had this real weird trend in the 80s, and people were trying to talk like they were from California, which usually most everybody out there speaks like I do. They're well-educated. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a, it's, it's actually a pretty neat state. Uh, it's got a bad rap, but it's a neat state. <laughs> The, the, uh, and they would do like valley girls and you're like yeah stop stop doing that there, there's some asshole out there that talks that way but not anybody i know <laughs> wow do you know the other ah, thing i was brutal. thinking of like would What's they that? consider it racist if 
I switched my accent to an Indian accent, <laughs> did my entire act. <laughs> and did then you fake got, it? Yeah. And then I was getting off stage and I was like, okay, that's my time. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> it was a lovely evening. <laughs> yeah, but so, so what I would what I would say there, you know, I mean, having done that that job as you go, look, if you were successful, the next guy feels pressure. So I I swear I toured with this guy and I and I'm not making this up. I watched Dave Chappelle perform and I go, I swear to God, I did shows with him. And it was a guy that looked just like Dave Chappelle. He was high as shit all the time. And he would just, he would smoke so much weed. He would go on stage and he thought he was funny because he was high. And you need to be sharp. And I mean, you got to be able to turn on a dime. If the audience is moving, you got to move with them. You never want to be impaired. Now, you can look like you're impaired. You can sound like you're impaired, but you never, ever, ever want to be impaired. Um, you could watch Richard Pryor towards the end of his career before the fire and tell when he was high and when he wasn't high. Mm -hmm. But when he was high, that damn guy was still funny. I mean, he oh, could yeah. do it. Yeah, but, but you don't want to do it starting out. And this guy would go up. And he'd come up, he's like, God, that was great. And I'm like, you just bombed. I got to go get these people out of the, what we would call the shitter, meaning like the bottom of the fuck, bottom of the dang barrel and build the audience back up. And it would take me maybe five or seven minutes just to recover. And then I could do my act. But if I went out there and just did my act, I would have bombed as well because we were already in the shitter. Mm-hmm. Do you know the only reason they let me up that night was because I yeah. told them I'll open because the kid who was yeah. supposed to open, that was his first time on stage. And he got Good nervous. So I was like, yeah. oh, it's fine. I was like, dude, I'm much older than, because they're all like in their early 20s. And some of them have oh, yeah. decided that they're a working comic, which means that that's their full time oh, job. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to understand it, but then I was like, okay, whatever. I was like, dude, it's fine. I can go up because <laughs> even if I bomb, I know I'm still working on this stupid bit. <laughs> I was hoping that a waiter would show up with like tandoori chicken in one hand and something else and I would give it to the wrong <laughs> tables and be like, okay, idiots, how do you feel now? <laughs> oh, hey, let me tell you about something food-wise. So um, I'm in Austin, Texas doing my Williger uh, podcast today. So I found a, uh, I, don't, I don't know if it's Indian or Pakistani yet, but I believe I'm going there today and I'm going to have Ural's version of pizza. And so I, I literally was in another place eating yesterday and I read an article about it. And there's evidently three places in the greater Austin area. And I wish I was kidding, but I think it's called the Indian curry pizza. I, I, it is that tacky of a name, but the reviews were dynamite. So you basically take um, normal stuff that's sold in a pizza place and mm -hmm. eventually you just spices and whatnot, but they do sell um, hot chips, which I've never seen anybody in America sell. Nice. So I'm going to have okay, a review. So yes. Can I, can I tell you, that is the normal Domino's menu here. So Domino's yeah. here does it. Domino's here does a tandoori chicken pizza. They do a, paneer, butter masala yeah. pizza, things like yeah. that. Same yeah. Huh. If you get a headache it... after that, it's not the MSG, okay? <laughs> I don't I don't I don't blame the Asian for the MSG. I, I like salt. 
Who can we blame? Where's an Asian guy over here? God, God, God dang it. Yeah. Must be that wake up in the morning with a headache. Uh, must be that damn Indian man. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot I was lactose intolerant, but you know, I've got the poopers. I got, yeah. Hey, the only food I've ever eaten that I knew I kind of got poisoned there. I'm in mm -hmm. Peru and I'm eating some street food and this lady and her naked kid who just whizzed, like urinated all over there. It didn't, it didn't even go anywhere else. He just like started going. And I'm like, how are those uh, stuffed chilies? Are they good? <laughs> She's all the best. <laughs> so, I, so I ate. Well, you like, deserve that. <laughs> dude, they were so good and then so terrible coming out. <laughs> But holy crud, they were marvelous. And then all I could think is I couldn't get off of the toilet. And I'm like, God dang it. The kid with no diapers peeing on the ground should have told me something. Post-editing, I'm going to name this episode. So good going in, so bad coming out. But, you know, you got to take the risk. I don't care who you are. If you, if you are unwilling to eat that lady's food, you, are, you mm. cannot dare call yourself a foodie. Shame on you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always died laughing when I'm in a third world country, essentially. And people go, well, did you get sick? And I go, of course I got sick. Everybody gets sick. Mm -hmm. I just don't care. The difference yeah. is I don't care. So have you ever eaten um, like crickets? I have. Where'd you eat them? Were yours Mexican or did you have them in some other country? Mm -mm. Had them in Louisiana. Wow. They probably yeah. tasted good. Th those are good. I had like frog legs yeah. and crickets. Anything wow. that's not available at a regular grocery store is what they served me that evening. <laughs> there was like gator tail. I was like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> your people are killing and, me. <laughs> yeah, those are some rural French folks there. Mm -hmm. And they're usually really super friendly and their food is delicious. So oh, yeah, I, I did I, dinner with uh, my son and his girlfriend last night. We were talking about food and I said, she goes, well, how did it become so important to you? And I said, well, I think in most Caucasian world, meaning British Isles, Germany, um, France thinks they're great at food until you eat in other parts of the world and find out, oh, it's just a mm. lot of butter. Um, but we do, we're more worried about commerce and getting ahead and getting things and everything than what we're going to eat for dinner. It's sustenance. And, yeah. and so I said, people on the kind of lower end of the income scale, Generally, that's the highlight of their day is what they're going to eat. So they really give it some thought. And I said, I wake up in the morning thinking about, hey, what am I going to have today? That's the start of what I think and the end of what I think. And I, and, and she was like, well, I've never had anybody say that that way. And I go, yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. But, you know, if you're, if you're yourself and you're going into a place and you want to try their stuff, you don't get to talk bad about it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a crazy deal. But, you know, you, you guys, I mean, obviously in India, you, you're the spice capital of the entire world. So, which, you know, I, I don't know what I would say to somebody in India opening a place here other than maybe we try half the spices you are used to. And yes. then let's go from there. Yeah. I know the damn buffets at the Indian restaurants. Oh, God Ooh, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Speaking of just delicious going in and terrible going out. <laughs> but, I, I just, you know why I like a buffet? Because I don't know what any of the names are. And you and mm. I have talked about this before, that 
the Chinese made it so easy for white people. I know. Orange chicken, Orange number chicken. 10. <laughs> <laughs> number 12. I'll have the 23. <laughs> and it always had a picture next to it. So you could go, I don't know what the hell that is, but I'm going to eat it, Earl. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, they they really decided. So, you know, Chinese food in Ireland is served with French fries. They don't, they don't serve it with rice. It's a choice. Yeah. Are people like... I would like that, dude. I would like a nice uh, <laughs> Kung Pao chicken on a scoop of <laughs> fries. I would eat that. <laughs> Hold on. On a, on a baguette. <laughs> I'd eat the shit out of that. See, that's another cultural thing, Sean. I think it's like, yeah. I don't know whether it's that we're such an ancient culture that we just don't give a shit. Or it's just sure yeah. arrogance where they be like, oh, let the white people learn our fucking names. Or is it the reminisce of that rebellion against the white man from the British, which just it, exists it, in us, where we're like, we're just going to write it in whatever the fuck we call it. <laughs> right. And and I would say kudos to you because I have the same feeling towards them. <laughs> but from a commerce standpoint, just commerce, yeah, you probably want to make it easy. I, so I go into this Pakistani place and uh, and the guy's like, you want a butter chicken? And I go, no, why would I want a butter chicken? Because I literally thought it was chicken with butter. I mean, I didn't know any better. <laughs> why the hell would you call it butter chicken? And then years later, I have the real thing and I'm like, what the hell have I been missing all these years? <laughs> Worst damn name for food I've ever heard. <laughs> But if I was selling to white people and I was doing, yeah, it's butter with chicken, they go, oh, oh, I'm in. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I get it. I get it. You know but, the weird origin of that food? What? The, the Northern Kings, I think they used, they were the ones who bought the tandoori chicken and all of that to India. They were the Mughals, I guess. And right. in that part of India, during the summers, food spoilage was really high. So one of the, the king's chefs was the one who decided to use the previous night's tandoori chicken, tear it up into wow. pieces, cook it with a tomato and heavy cream gravy, and like, um, use a lot of butter. It's, it yeah. lasted for five more days. They could use that oh, wow. during... It was pre-refrigeration. That's the origin of that damn right. dish. That makes more sense. I mean, that, that, every, everything has a reason that it's there, but that makes more sense. But I just was like, that's a tomato cream sauce, as you would call it, gravy. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to say gravy, and then I was like, okay, should I say curry? Then he's going to think right. it's a fucking spice or yeah, something else. Good. I was like, Dad, this is the most confusing conversation. <laughs> have, you, have you ever seen the video of the British kids eating biscuits and gravy in America? Mm-mm. It is, the, it is the most hilarious 10 minutes I've ever seen. They, they don't understand, for one, why you put gravy on a scone and why you put meat in the gravy. Because none of it makes any sense. And then the everyone... First, of, yes. The first couple of years in Oklahoma, I never right. ate biscuits and gravy because I thought it was our cookies on some sort of fucking right. gravy. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, literally, it's a scone. And, mm -hmm. and these... And then they taste it and went, okay, wow, I, I see what this is. And, you know, it was just poor people's food. They just threw meat in and they had some, they had some milk and some flour. <laughs> that was it. Just like all food. Mm -hmm. What can they make out of this? You know, we're, we're 
I always tell people that we're so spoiled in America, we developed a TV network to tell you how much food we have worldwide. I mean, we were the first ones with the food network. How scary is that? Oh, God. Eh? <laughs> I remember like the portions of food that be, was it you or was it someone else I went to that place called the Good Gravy, but it was a giant bowl that was of me. biscuits and yeah. oh, good Lord. Lord. Yeah, you know how they much I call- wasted. You wasted, which I was confused. Oh, God, about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Well, I, you know, the thing is, is I can eat so much of that, and then I start feeling sick. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's I, there. There is a point there where it's not. It's not healthy anymore. The yeah. the portion sizes in America. Oddly enough, there's an Indian guy that owned a company called the Cheesecake Factory, and they were the mm-hmm. first company in America to give so much food that you had a bag to take home. Very rare that anybody took food home before that. And so the explanation was that it was a religious deal with him, which I don't know if that's true or not, but that was the thing. He always wanted to give more, you know, and it worked. God knows he became hugely wealthy and, and they make really good cheesecake. They oh, really yeah. do. I don't know how an Indian guy made, the, made all that cheesecake, but damn, it is good. Yeah. But you always got to take, and my thing is, is I don't want your same food tomorrow, especially if I'm traveling. I take mm. it back to the hotel and then my room smells. Oh, you know, like God, yeah. <laughs> that's the worst thing. <laughs> like, that's, that's like, what I think there was this time in New York where I think I was coming back from like the comedy cellar or something. Right. And I took chicken and rice home, I mean, to the hotel. And I right. forgot, and I went to sleep. I woke Ooh. up in the morning, and I was like, "God damn it! What yeah. the hell did I yeah. do last night?" <laughs> it smelled, smelled like Peru in the. <laughs> and I don't mean Peru smells. The bathrooms in Peru are, are. When I was there, one of the girls wanted to write a book called "Peeing Through Peru." You know the disgusting places <laughs> she had to drop her drawers and go to the bathroom. Oh God, brilliant. I'm sure we could do a book like that when we take a road trip here. <laughs> right. I know. Wouldn't that be hilarious? Mm. I, that that was funny. So I see there's your there's your punchline. <laughs> I was traveling through Peru and seeing the greatest people on earth, and they built the pyramids and this and this and this. And then take your right hand turn to and then I wrote a book about the bathrooms I had to drop my drawers in. That's Thank that would be a good punchline. Yes. That should be the advertising campaign, even for the book sales. <laughs> oh God, yeah. <laughs> oh, hold on. Some of the bathrooms, they, they, the toilets don't flush, so this guy goes in there with a scuba mask on and gloves, and cleans it out for you. That guy coming out of the bathroom is your advertisement. <laughs> <laughs> Think about this, poor fucker. <laughs> <laughs> You think you had it bad? This is this guy's <laughs> job. And you know, you know everybody has to tip in crazy amounts of money because it's so nasty. But mm-hmm. yeah. King through Peru, man. That's that's a book that needs to be written. <laughs> <laughs> crazy. So this morning I am going to a pool that is a natural spring that's about two miles from here. And so mm-hmm. I was telling these people about it yesterday and they go, what time of day are you going? And I said, well, I'm going to go in the morning. Evidently, you know, you can walk over there, swim, and then just walk back. It's like two miles. And they go, well, well if you go in the afternoon, uh, some of the women go topless. And I go, in America? <laughs> wow. Really? Keep it okay. weird, Austin. Keep it weird. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, why would you do that 
at a public school that's not a nudist colony in Austin, Texas. Yeah. So what makes this place so weird is you'll have a 20-story building or 40-story building, and right next to it's uh, an old cheap house from 1900s. It's very strange. Uh, that's where the poets live. <laughs> right, exactly. Lots of Irish names on things here. So they, the city must have been settled by a, by a whole bunch of Irish and Scots. The McGregor name is around here a bunch. And, mm -hmm. man, it's nuts. Yeah, it's nuts. I don't see too many of your people here, though, for being a tech really? city. Yeah. A whole bunch of early millennial white kids that are making obscene money, evidently. Yeah. So you all need all to start these... looking at Austin. I know. But if it's already yeah. that expensive, you're probably you're probably a couple of years behind. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how anybody could move here at this point. Um, when mm -hmm. Kyle moved here, I mean, real estate's about doubled since then, and uh, and it's it's that's hot, man. I mean, you've got to have air conditioning. You know, maybe mm -hmm. maybe somebody from Southern India could handle this a little better than most other people. But damn, dude, it is hot. I'm ignoring you, that cheap shot. <laughs> no, no. I'm, I mean, look, my, my wife is I know. genetically, she's from Southern Italy. This would not bother her mm -hmm. in the least bit. She wouldn't even sweat. And I not only sweat, I bake like a red hen. It just doesn't, it just, I'm not, yeah, I'm not you are a mild shade of red today than usual. <laughs> Actually, I was checking my laptop settings and going like, hang yeah. on, did I turn some contrast up? It's just me, yeah, out in the sun a little bit. But so I, I head back tomorrow. So have I told you about trains in America yet? Do we have enough time? Not yet. Oh, shit. We got to do a whole new show about trains in America versus trains all over the All of us, you, you, you and me have done trains in multiple continents. Mm -hmm. This was the quietest, nicest train ever. And I've never been on one in this country oh, ever. Wow. I know <laughs> I'm kind of embarrassed now, but it was, it was great. 